0: And we are live for another episode of First Strike on a really exciting episode. Tonight, but before we start the show, obviously gotta plug our sponsor, our great sponsor, face to the number one place to get your magic addiction singles. This week, select singles up to 50% off. A lot of them, most of them are actually modern staples. So if you are missing some modern staples, they might be at a huge discount right now. If you go to facefacegames.com and click on the first banner you see, and that will direct you to all a list of cards that are off. Um, tonight, got a special guest. Someone that is uh, from the Montreal community. Someone who is known to be associated with the Mono Blue Turns deck, just like our previous guest, Davies Clark. Someone who had success with the deck at a recent Magic Fest. And now, this past weekend, he just took down an MCQ that I was at. I personally was at there with Bat Nexus. Mr. Matt Stein, how's it going? It's going great. Thanks for having me on. I'm really excited. Um, it's great. I think uh, when I posted a screenshot of you messaging me, if you could be on at some point to John, John I think it was you, John. And you're like, wow, shot call. <laughs> definitely just message me and then you're on the show right away. I had to deserve it, though. <laughs> I definitely uh, had to win my way on here. It, it was funny, though. When, when, I think when you messaged me, it might have been even... Shortly before or after Davies Clark's win, and it's just funny that you know he's someone that you work with in modern. I don't know if you work with him in standard, but we just had him. It's just a coincidence. Boom, we have him,
1: and and I'm happy to have you on. Yeah, his win uh, inspired me. Like we were, we were in the same car. I built his. He was mentioning I built the gruel list like 12 o'clock at night. Played no games with it. He just ran the standard classic. so, yeah, I got to follow suit here. Got to get the turns cabal on the 1st strike podcast. I'm getting tilted because, uh John, I don't know, out of nowhere, John keeps using the
0: same words in not only our chats, but in our personal one-on-one chats, cabal and skewer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's getting,
2: it's getting. I've,
3: I've, I've noticed this kind of stuff all the time, and – uh I I assume that English is not your first language, John, because you constantly just use idioms in <laughs> anything you can fit an idiom in. You jam it in there. <laughs> um, you know,
0: go
4: on, John. We're gonna let you we'll give you a chance to reply to this. To our, our, our oh, show. I don't know. Like <laughs> you, you, called it the underground dozer once, but I think yeah. a cabal is more more accurate. It's just like a bunch of underground, like <laughs> secret society, working on these like obscure ducks. Oh, cabal would be a bit more uh, a bit more uh, a bit more accurate, so yeah I'll, I'll keep using you uh, yeah, as Andy said, I'll keep jamming these um, yeah, English isn't obviously isn't my first language, but I'll keep jamming these idioms and hope it works out. I don't know I'm a home <laughs> player I'm, uh, part, part of my
0: the reason I, I make content since, since I started is to uh, build the profile of certain players, and so we we want to learn we want I want people to know more about you, Matt and let's start from from your beginning when i first met you you were just some some kid who um as you said prior to to the start of the show very bad at magic so so tell tell us about that
1: yeah so um uh, my brother who some of you may know uh, got into magic he basically liked the pictures and so him and my dad collected a set of like legions and they showed me i was like wow this you know this is pretty cool i'm like five or something and you know, Soli, we buy like some, some starter decks. I remember uh, getting like a Ravnica Gruel versus Izzet starter deck. I loved the Gruel deck, um, but I was never really that great. My brother was always better than me. Um, he even played you in like provincials in a, in a top four. That's a remembered match in, uh, in our, uh, our house. And then slowly started getting better. Um, I remember when I w- was just starting to play PTQs, they were just ending actually, but I was, I was terrible. Like I think my win rate in PTQs I checked was like 25%. It was like 13. I couldn't get decks. Uh, eh. And then once the PPTQ system started though, I realized that, you know, I could actually spend like my weekends, you know, playing magic tournaments in Montreal. We have a lot of smaller stores that all got PPTQs. So there's some weekends, some months I would play two pptqs a weekend uh for a month and it was great uh for those who had the time uh got me to qualify for like seven or so rptqs and i was able to spike one and that was uh for pro dublin two years ago uh and then since then i i was telling my car mates when we went that for ottawa it's my first ever ptq out of montreal uh and just so, hop in the win. It was very exciting.
0: Um, I, I'm gonna share share that story. How I lost your brother, so that John can laugh at me. It's it's one of those things where oh, yeah. I uh, I finally learned for certain cards you have to react before things happen. And, and I lost to uh, I forget. I was playing a Jerry T special. I think
1: some sort of uh, you are playing with blue red like. Inferno Titan, Frost Titan deck. (laughs) It was a sweet deck. It was a sweet deck. I lost to Quest,
0: um, the White Quest, uh, Quest of the... Quest for the Holy Relic. uh, Holy Relic uh, that went and searched for an Argentum armor that completely destroyed me. And uh, that's the type of thing. I forgot what I could have done, but uh, the important thing was I I had to be able to react before he goes searching or or something or, or killing the creature that he had or something before he could equip it right away. And I thought I could not knowing the rules properly, thought I could react right away and obviously got uh, terribly owned. Probably had a burn spell or something. Um, can't really recall, but I remember just getting completely owned. Um, but yeah. back, back to you. But now, now it seems like you're saying that all this practice, you went from a kid that people would be shocked to do well at a tournament to someone. So I feel like I'm not even surprised uh, that, I, that you're putting a result at the, magic, the GP at the Magic Fest now winning this thing, um, lots of progression and, and it sounds like by grinding all these uh, PPTQs, lots of practice went into it.
1: Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, for the PTQ PPTQ system, uh, it was really great. I could just choose a deck, uh, really learn it. I remember uh, there was a standard. It was like Delirium. It was blue-white, spell Queller, Spirits, and it was green-black ishkana Delirium. I remember just playing that format so much that and those were only basically the only two good decks in that format that I had so much tech for both the mirror and that deck. And you just slowly build momentum, especially through those seasons to where the end you're, uh, top eighting basically everyone I play in and just hope to spike the top eight. Um, so, yeah, those definitely uh, got a lot of practice and slowly playing more GPs, even some SEGs uh, definitely got a lot better. Okay, let's, let's, let's jump to the exciting
0: part, to your deck choice. Prior to this tournament, uh, me and Andy had been trying out the, the Dreadhorde deck that Strasky, Sivka, Flock, that cabal, if you will, was uh, working on and popularizing. And uh, when I played it, I thought it was for real. I talked to, of course, one of my best friends, Alex Hain, who also thought it was for real. Andy dominated the queues, and it was expected... Uh, with it showing, with Jim Davis showing at the SCG, it was starting to, to pop up in numbers that there was going to be a strong presence um, at this MCQ. And uh, it, it ended up being true. We saw quite a bit of it, right, Matt?
1: Uh, yeah, we did see a, lot, uh, a bit of it. Uh, I think I played against it twice in the tournament. Definitely a very impressive deck. Um, definitely just all the great Explorer creatures, Teferi. Teferi's just busted. Uh, busted in all formats. But yeah, I, deck, is, deck is definitely real. I played it, like
0: I was playing it, I ended up landing and I played against the Mirror twice, so it was definitely popular. And I think there was a metagame breakdown that Wizards Tower ended up doing, and Mono Red was still uh, up there in popularity. So what was your thinking, what was your prep heading into this tournament?
1: Yeah, so my prep going into this tournament, uh, first I played the Montreal MCQ, where I played Blue-Green Nexus. Got to take more turns. Um, And while I like Blue Green Nexus, I found that its flaws were very, uh, you could definitely take advantage of its flaws, the big one being Teferi and Narset too. And so I believe I was like 4-2 or something in Montreal, and I played against Gabriel Laporte, and he was playing some band cards. I wasn't really sure what was going on. He's playing Gift of Paradise. I was like, what is he trying to ramp into? And... All of a sudden, he just started taking all the turns. And I was, I was like, very impressed by, uh, by his deck. And he ends up beating me. Um, I think I went 4-4 in Montreal. And we started talking after me, him, uh, Schneier, David Schneier, and Davies. And we started tuning this band deck. Most of the ideas did come from Gabriel. But uh, we started testing other ideas. And we finally settled to a list that we liked for bands. I uh, went to SCG Syracuse, started O three 3 in the event. Uh, I, I'm telling you, uh, I'm sure a lot of you have experienced this. You, you test the deck a lot, you, show up to, you, you travel out of town, you show up to a big tournament, and you start O three. 3 Your confidence in the deck probably went down since before uh, you, you were going to play, but I stuck to it. I knew the deck had chops. Uh, I was able to rattle 10, 10 in a row and finished 11-4 uh, for a top 32. And I, and I was actually very impressed with the deck. Um, Davies, unfortunately, didn't make day two. And Dave, I believe, almost made top 64. But we were really happy with the list. And I basically switched one card in the sideboard. And I ran it back for, for, the, for Ottawa and i guess i'll i'll go a bit into the to the list so basically when i playing blue green everyone uh all, was always saying yeah your red your, your red matchup is really bad and they're right the red matchup is very bad um a combination of you don't really have a lot of ways of gaining life to uh even if you stabilize they will eventually burn you out but with the bad version you win a lot more game ones because you're playing. Our list is playing three gift of paradise and still the four root snare. And post board, you just get a, a huge amount of life gain in Lyra, Night of Autumn. Um, what else do we play? Elite Guard Mage, uh, Dawn of Hope, and even uh, a Tulsimir Friend to Wolves. So we found just like playing a bunch of life gain, uh, especially these creatures that can block and pressure their walkers. You you're very as well as Wrath Spells. We played a Cleansing Nova in the main and another uh, and a Time Wipe in the board. And I found my Reg matchup got a lot better. The Even though Teferi was the number one card in Standard, and I was very aware of this, um, such as against the Command of Dreadhorde deck, uh, if they don't actually draw Teferi, you just go over the top of them. Like You will eventually get Inevitability, and you will eventually be able to take enough turns where uh even just a wrath spell will wrath their board you're not worried about the walkers it's really just a fairy is the is the issue
0: john uh you've been in the lab a lot this week uh, have you stumbled any list with uh gifts of paradise are, are you surprised have you seen matt's list
4: yeah i have and i was actually talking i, I was actually talking to pedram the second place finisher um throughout the weekend here and uh I Was uh, uh, your list definitely caught my eyes, Matthew, because it was very, very hateful to aggressive decks. And you know, between the Night of Autumns and the Lyris and the uh, the, the sweeper and the toll it's like, oh, well, you cannot possibly uh, sideboard uh, as though they're just normal nexus because usually, as as red, we just like take out the top the top end bombs and we bring the the war boss and whatnot, but there was so much like life gain that we probably needed to go a bit longer. And I'm not sure if Pedrum did that against you, but um yeah, it's it's uh, from from looking at the list, I could definitely tell that you guys um didn't arrive at the list um by accident here. There there was definitely a lot of thought and mapping going uh mapping uh going on before arriving at that list. So obviously it worked out, and uh, yeah, am really happy that uh, you, you made it work, considering that Nexus, like, the common notion is that Nexus is not playable in a field of uh, set and um, uh, Teferi, but you guys clearly identify the problems and address them in a very efficient manner. That's that's my take.
1: Yeah, um, to, to go off that, uh, yeah, basically those the those cards are big problems and they definitely, a lot of like the Phoenix deck and other blue decks, they're going to board in uh, Narset. So my plan that I found that works is you actually just board out your Nexus, like go down to two Nexus, I cut a Wilderness Rack, a Search, a Tamio, like post board, you just want to grind like uh, against Esper Hero, um, Esper Hero, Esper Walkers, Jeskai Walkers, all these decks that are trying to, play a mid-range game, you want to play a mid-range game. So we, I, have a, I have an Ugin in the main deck and a second Ugin in the board. You board into a bunch of creatures. The MVP is Carnage Tyrant. Uh, Card just won me so many games over the past two weeks uh, in Ottawa and Syracuse that nobody really sees it coming. They, they expect you to play a bunch of Nexus. You know what goes well with Nexus? You play Carnage Tyrant, hit him for seven, play Nexus, you hit him for seven again. Uh, Definitely, uh, you definitely have the capability of playing a mid-range game in standard.
2: Man, so so what matchup gave you difficulty in Syracuse or
1: at the MCQ? Um, with the deck, uh, the mana base, even though it does look really, uh, really fluid, uh, it can definitely cause trouble. I remember in Syracuse, like my first three rounds, I don't think I played a third land drop in five of the six games I played. Uh, So you can definitely stumble. You can definitely uh, not hit your colors. We're playing a very uh, color-centered deck. So your mana base is definitely your worst matchup. Mono Red, like, you're not a favorite game one. I think you definitely improved game two uh, post-board. So, like, in in the MCQ, my only loss was against Mono Red, where um, I think he turned forward me on the play, uh, I was able to win Game 2, and then Game 3 I just drew a bunch of lands. So you could definitely lose the Mono Red matchup, but I, I do definitely think post-board were favored. And in the finals, uh, it was definitely a close uh, close match, but I was able to to beat Mono Red. Sorry, Carr. Uh, did you see any Tybalt's from Pedram? Oh, yeah. So Tybalt, uh, I forgot to say, Tybalt is basically the card out of Red that you're scared the most. Um, uh, basically, every Red player is going to have Tybalt, so um, the plan in our, in, uh, in bad Nexus is obviously to try to gain a bunch of life to the point where you can't get burnt out, but with Tybalt in play, uh, it's definitely tough. So That's why I like just boarding in a bunch of creatures, because you can just pressure the Tybalt. Um, sweepers too. Uh, you want to clear their guys, and if their Tybalt's at 1, odds are you could kill it. There's a... Um, uh, mobilized district in the main as well as to blast zone as alternative ways of dealing with teferi and narset and tybalt other walkers that give you problems yeah no that, that's
4: a good point here The the point i wanted to get to was like normally you know like if you like look for like if you ask the cyborg guides for an article like they give you you know plus x this minus x this but like i, I think that really like highlighted the importance of like knowing your deck and like being very. Uh, very uh, versatile and like flexible, flexible because normally like if I just saw like one of flourishing from you, from Nexus, I'm like okay that whatever like I'll just race that. But if I saw like the Night of Autumn's and the Lyras and the uh, Tolsmiers, like you really really need to like swap it up a bit. And as I sit like the normal plan of you know just like minus three frenzy plus three warboss probably won't work and really need to just and uh, uh, bring in the table and probably bring in, like probably leave in the frenzies because like if you guys are like bringing a lot of creatures, you need to be able to grind a bit and uh, go over the top of your bit. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's that, that kind of just highlights like the cool part of, you know, it's just like the cat and mouse game where there's like the switcheroo sideboard plan and, you know, the other person has to be alert and adept enough to, like, react to your reaction. So that's that's pretty cool. I, it seems like uh, from uh, talking to a bit to Pedram, like, he didn't immediately know that, recognize this on sideboard tables, but... Sure, if you saw that uh, specifically for the finals or not,
2: clearly you won, so um, great job. Uh,
1: Yeah, so in the finals, uh, game one, uh, I think he played Experimental Frenzy maybe five or six times. I just kept bouncing it and tucking it with Teferi. Uh, And if they keep having to invest four mana into it, uh, they're not going to be able to abuse its its power. So uh, I was able to slow him down enough to win. And then game two, there's a pivotal point where I have a a Lyra in play and I can't attack with it because he's threatening too much damage on the swing back. And I think I'm at around six life or something. So I'm thinking he has a war boss in play. So he's going to be forced to make a token. I can block the token with my Lyra and he can't really get much more damage. in. so I I net positive on the attack and he plays Chandra as a Chandra in play, flips the top card and it's Tibble, like slams it on the table. Uh, and he's like, whoa, look, like, let me wait a second. Uh, and that was definitely a big swing in the game. I have to go to one life because of it. I went to one and two like twice. And um, there was one point where I was thinking about a blast zone to try to deal with the board with a search trigger. And I was like, you know what? This blast zone doesn't do it. I bin it and I draw one of my two of Nexus of Fate. And it was basically the perfect draw. And I was able to... Basically hit with Lyra twice and then go out of range. Nice. So
2: I'm just curious about one one last thing about your deck, Matt. Like, how do you fare against like in the
0: mirror or other Nexus decks or like these other blue green decks that try to go over the top? With there's many versions now. There's like Nissa plus uh, Nexus of Fate that uh, William Blondin also took to the top to the same top eight. And then there's um, Mass Manipulation and stuff like that. So against blue Bat Nexus, the Mirror, and other Blue-Green decks, I, I want to know what you think about your matchup.
1: Yeah, so uh, I actually played Bat Nexus against Blue-Green and Syracuse, and I did lose, but I do think that matchup is very good for you. Uh, just the combination of main deck Mini Teferi, uh, which is the best card against Nexus, so being able to play it is is definitely a big plus. As well as three Dobin's Veto in the sideboard uh, is definitely a big game against the, the Blue-Green Nexus. So I do think you're favorite in the matchup. One thing I will say, uh, the game I did lose, or the match I, I lost, uh, I ran out my Wilderness Wreck into his Negate, and then he untapped, played Wilderness Wreck, and I basically couldn't catch up on mana. So if you are going to play Mirrors, I would say be the last person to play your Wreck. Because it's one of the most important cards in the matchup. Uh, against, I really haven't played a lot against the blue-green mass deck. Uh, I don't think it would be that bad for you, just because you 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 will have counter spells. Their their ways of like stealing your permanence isn't that effective, um, because you you're playing bounce spells. So I haven't played against it a lot. It doesn't seem too bad, but I would have to test that more to give you a reasonable, uh, you know, answer on it.
2: All right, let's switch it up. Let's, let's go to
0: my man, Andy, who, who had the, the, the honor, the privilege of playing the online MCQ, Arena MCQ, who last we heard on this show might have had some difficulty fitting some games in. So uh, let's hear
3: all about it, Andy. Well, so first thing I did is I woke up. Very important starts to to every day, and I uh, (laughs) I I went to my computer and like I'm literally like out of bed in the computer. That's and I'm just like register, and then I saw that it it would let me play right away, and I'm like, hmm, I don't work like I don't have to leave for like half an hour. Maybe I could play around right now, and so I did. I played around like literally like I was asleep five minutes ago. I got up, and I played around. I played against Mono Red, and I beat it. And then I went, on, went to work, and it was a really slow day, so they let me go home early. But I did not need to go home early because I uh, died out of the tournament pretty fast. But I will say this. Having a tournament that I play on Arena, when you lose, it feels so much less bad than when you travel like two, three hours to a tournament because I was already home. Like, you don't get that, like, three-hour car ride of, like, what the hell am I doing this for? Like, I could be doing anything else. No, you're just already home. It's already over. You can take the Band-Aid off and play some Rocket League or play whatever games you want to play. So that part of it felt nice. Uh, I played the four-color Dreadhorde deck, and I think I misevaluated a couple things. And so, like, while on paper, Mono Red doesn't seem that bad of a matchup, I think what it really comes down to is that uh you can't kill them through an experimental frenzy like you don't have a good clock against like a bunch of ground creatures if they just like play a bunch of creatures you can't kill them fast enough and uh, I think that's one of the main reasons that I think Lyra is so good in the format right now is because it's like very good against Monorette and kills them in four turns and I think killing them is just s- so important <laughs> it sounds ridiculous to say but you can't just stabilize against this deck and, and win with like garbage because their uh, things go over the top of you really fast. Like Experimental Frenzy will kill you all by itself and will make it so you cannot win on the ground. And I think that's a part of the reason where I think I'm moving towards Saltide Dreadhorde because uh, Crasis is a way to kill them and it's good in the matchup. And like Nissa is, a, is like really hard for Mono red to beat if it's early. Because it has six loyalty and making three threes is is pretty good, so I think uh, that's kind of what I'm moving towards right now, based on my experiences about how the monoret actually uh, functions.
2: Was it was it clear uh, from your
0: end what type of record you needed? It seemed like on Twitter people, some people was, didn't really know.
3: I think it was six two. I thought six two you would make it on tiebreakers. So like if you. Yeah, I think that was okay, and it ended up being that, I believe.
2: So you would do it again? You would try to qualify for another one of these things?
3: I didn't know that you could qualify this month, so I sort of blew it there, but I know (laughs) what I'll do. I'm going to drop, I don't know, $80 and just draft, I don't know, 20 times and uh, (laughs) qualify again. (laughs) Because I think draft is just by far the easiest way to qualify. Because first of all, once you hit hit top uh, Mythic, you're just locked. There's not a thousand mythic limited players every month. So like with standard, you can drop like 500, 600 slots in the last day. Hmm. So like, I, I just want to grind, get in, move on, never play it again. I did not play a single match after I, I got, I hit mythic in uh actually I played three and I lost them. And then I was like, let's, let's get out of here. But, uh, that's all I did. And honestly, I ended up finishing like 540th after coming in at 43 and just, bled 500 points through the season sorry if i can add here
4: like i think andy made a very good point about like I, what i think is a misconception about the current iteration of red it's not like modern burn if you just like one for one their first four turns like they're gonna run out of steam so the, the reason why i think red is very good right now is because they can delve you out in four turns and just kill you and like keep you off balance or i can uh win in a long run and if you can't answer a frenzy like you're just gonna like out, get out carded so as a red player, what, I'm, what I fear is not like incidental um, like, sweepers or incidental life gain. It's the ability to turn the table and like kill me real quick. That's, like, that's the reason why the Just Guy Sweepers are carried for red. It's not because they have like sweepers, Clarions, etc. Uh, Sarkhan can really kill you fast before I can get it up uh, with my um, Chandra or a Frenzy lock. So like I, I, just gotta, I just gotta like reiterate Andy's point that like you, if you want a good matchup against Red, it's not to
1: stall, it's to, kill them. Like it's to stall a little bit and kill them fast. Uh, I just want to say I completely agree with both of you. Uh, I found that Lyra is definitely the, the best beater to actually beat Red, and you do have to clock them. So in, against Red, I just, you just try to put Lyra in play. If you have Nexus of Fate, that lets you attack with it even more times. Uh, You can play cards like elite guard mage too, just a flyer, but lyre is definitely uh, the way to beat red. Since eventually with, uh, like I've gotten Chandra ulted against, or just frenzy just goes over the top. The deck is very, uh, it will eventually uh, just, again, it will eventually take over. So you do have to block them.
0: John has been working on on mono reds since, Since a while, since it jumped on the scene, been tweaking it. I think most people's main deck is looking really, really similar now. And, John, you had, with your Kambal, some innovations in your sideboard, and then we see Harlan uh, finish in third at the SCG Classic with some of the cards that you were personally telling me about in the sideboard and Misium Tank and trying Chandra's Triumph after. Um, I, th- I think Davies mentioned it, trying out in Gruel and, the, and then you said, hmm, maybe maybe it it's it's red as well. And uh, the mobilized district in the sideboard that, that I keep hearing good things about from, from anyone that's been playing it. It's, it's funny when you hear that because it's one copy in the sideboard. Like, how often does it come up? But it seems to come up enough for, for all of you to think that it's a sweet. So, uh, John, t- tell me about uh, what you think about the latest MonoRed developments.
4: Yeah, so, like, I think the Mono Red was the most played deck in the MCQ, and one of the more disheartening things was that Martin Uza, um put out a very good article um, on Channel Fireball last week about Red, and they pretty much copied him, like, almost car for card, like, oh, like, 80% of them, I would say. And the thing I, I really despise the most about the list is Rekindling Phoenix, which I think has secretly been unplayable for the last, like, one, two months. It's not good in the mirror, but people keep putting it in the mirror. Um, it was good against Sultai, but we have Tybalt now to counteract their uh, World Wolf Walker and just, like, go over to the top of him. And it's a bit slow for um, against White, and I really never really liked Rekinly Phoenix. And Rekinly Phoenix, uh, off of, like, Frenzy, is just, like, a below-average turn. So um, I did see a lot of lists playing his list. Um, we've been iterating a lot um, in the red cabal, so to speak. And, you know, in the first week, the Hararia MCQ had a second-place list that's mono-red and had two mobilized districts. And my immediate reaction was, LOL. But the more I tried it as a meme, and the more I tried it, I liked it. So the reason is that, like, Autumn Burchette had a very good um, Twitter uh, chain on how the flaws of the mono-red deck and how it's structured and built. And one of, the, one of the things that people are I think people are making a mistake is not uh, having the land to uh, reliably land the, um, uh, the, the, your four mana bombs. So I tried it as 21st land off the sideboard when you go bigger um, during sideboard games, and it's been great. It, it dodges like uh, Definite Clarion, Shock, Moment of Craving, anything that's like Sorcery Speed to ferry Bounce. It ambushes super friends, uh, Planeswalkers, et cetera, and it's just a good, grindy deck, and it helps you uh, cast these um, spells on time. Mizium Tank was something that uh, Harlan, I believe, um, suggested in the chat. Um, I kind of scoffed at it at first, but it's, it's kind of cool because it tramples over the little Kazmina or uh, Sahili or small construct tokens, and um, it doesn't get hit by uh, sorcery speed removal, which is cool. Um, I think I'm, not, I'm a bit medium on it. And the other one was uh, actually inspired by Davies. Like, I was uh, listening to him talk about uh, how good uh, Chandra's defeat was in his cruel deck. And I kind of thought, hey, we play Chandra too. Like, why don't we do that? And I know the Super Friends aren't mm-hmm. magic for us. Why don't we just um, have uh, extra removal that can potentially do five damage to a uh, Teferi that just up? So, uh, Chandra's Triumph has also been something that we've been testing. And I think it's pretty good. And, uh, but I'm kind of off red this week. Um, I've, it's kind of uh, finally being uh, apparent that people have reacted to red. And if you want to beat this deck, you can. And I have my Magic Stronghold local MCQ this weekend, and I'm seriously
2: considering playing something else.
0: <laughs> John, John, isn't like the Jusa deck, user deck, or, or any of these main decks? Um prior we've seen smaller copies of Frenzy or Chandra and then going big by, by playing up to 7 copies or even 8 of these cards, some of these versions um, but now like they're playing we're playing at least 5 of them in the main to get to start like wouldn't, wouldn't you think Mobilized
4: District could fit in the main because you're already going big anyways now well, my, my build is, like, I take out a lot of smaller cards, um, sideboard, like Firebrands and, like, uh, Shocks, which are low impact, in favor of and in favor of, like, uh, more Frenzy and uh, Chandra. So, um, games also tend to go a bit longer in the postboard, and that's, that's my logic for having the 21st landing in the sideboard, whereas Red, I think, has one of the most streamlined and best game one configuration as is. So I'm happy to just like keep the baseline as is and adjust to uh, other people's adjustments. That's my logic. So what, what have you been toying with? So I keep seeing these super friends decks and these like three color four color abominations. Um, if you look at the Star City Classic, it was won by five color Dreadhorde with Nicol Bolas. Like, what the hell is going on? Like, it's becoming more and more like inbred. Like. And, you know, the power level of other decks in the format keeps going up and up. So my thought was either go, on, go over top of them or get the hell under them. And I just feel like Red wasn't doing the get under them um, thing a lot uh, well. Uh, so tangrams one of the best uh magical online grinders out there i think um had a pretty interesting post where he uh in the standard mocks uh list he six with what i would call the simic deck so they have mana dorks they have growth spirals and they have uh what is it called the cameos at nissa which i think was heavily slept on and people are finally realizing how good it is and we just Go over top of him. No, no wilderness reclamation because it's like that's really bad against like Teferi. And one of the inspirations for this sort of uh, ramp deck was to circumvent Tiffer baby Teferi, ignore them. And you go over top of them with Crisis, uh, finale of Revelation, I think. And just go over top of them and do like whatever, whatever the hell you want. You also have Nexus. So I'm, uh, he went 6 2. He said it was like untuned. And I just started playing it as a joke and it felt great. Like Any mid-range or control deck that wasn't counterspell heavy, like, I just toyed with them. Like, I, I, I felt like I was playing a completely different game. I, I would just like, press buttons randomly, and they would just lose. I haven't really played against like, white or red aggro, but we have grazers, and like, we have like, rip-draw raptors, etc. that can theoretically help. So I like the fact that it really goes over the top of most things in the, uh, in the format. Maybe like pure Nexus, like wilderness Reclamation, that might be tough. And I might have to add like Mystic, uh, Frilled Mystic
0: and all that, and
4: like other permission pieces. But so far, the pr- results are very promising. And if I can just proof it out, I'm probably gonna play it this weekend. That
1: sounds sound sweet. Uh, I mean, I heard Nexus, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to make a point about the Mobilize District before. Uh, right. I, think, I think it was in the finals. Uh, I'm starting to combo off and. Basically, my main deck win cons, besides like Teferi tucking and decking my opponent, is I play a one of Ugin, and I play a mobilized district. And so as I'm going off, I think it was in the finals, uh, Pedram asked me, like, well, what's your win con? I'm like, it's right here. It's mobilized district. So uh, even in Nexus, I think that mobilized district is a very good, good choice. And especially when I'm running, I think, four walkers main deck, sometimes I'm activating it for one mana. Getting to attack with it then you can use the mana afterwards so it's not even like you're have to commit all four every time and it's just great at, at pressuring walkers so i'm a big fan of the mobilized district
2: so so matt what, what's next for you um any upcoming tournaments any
1: upcoming tournaments well i was going to play the ballet mcq but uh thankfully i don't have to um I think I'm going to be playing SEG Syracuse. I'll play the next Legacy one. Uh, big fan of that format. Uh, although Teferi and Narset do seem to be shaking things up. Uh, I think the MC's in a couple months, so I should got... I gotta get started on on testing. Uh, I don't think I'm going to be playing uh, turns. Uh, Teferi and Narset, like Davies was saying, it's it's shaking up everything, and I'm not sure if the turns deck can actually beat them. So. Uh, it does depend though, if, if people think this is so good and, and blue eye control is going to be uh, a good choice Then maybe you just have to try to find a deck that beats blue-eyed. Uh, I'm not sure what it is right now I know turns before blue eye was basically a buy Because uh, you could just you could drowse their lands. They have seven counter spells in hand, but it doesn't matter and then then you could go off But now with uh, with, Nars- with Teferi and Narset, it's, it's tough. So uh, Not too much gonna definitely be testing and uh, this weekend, I'm actually playing the face-to face games Open Plus, and uh, I was telling Jonathan before we're going to be uh, trying to put some gristle brands on Turn one. <laughs> uh, he was saying how a, a Japanese uh, master got second in, uh, in the online modern MCQ, and I was looking at his list. definitely very innovative. I'm not sure if it's the correct version. I haven't tested his his singletons, but uh, if he's able to do well, then I think the deck could be real even without the London Mulligan rule. But with the London Mulligan rule, I think the deck is extremely good.
2: Uh, but before Katia, I'm wondering what, what deck in Legacy would you
1: play? You know, like. Uh, so the last SCG Syracuse, I top 32 with Miracles. And even with top. Uh, banned just counterband, just just miracles Uh, I drew twice and I'm if people who know me I'm a pretty fast player so me drawing twice in a tournament unintentionally uh, is not something that happens very often Uh, in one of the matches I actually decked my miracles opponent in game one fully decked him uh, in the accumulated knowledge uh, mirror so uh, legacy Recently I've been uh trying to pick up Storm, uh specifically uh Ant, which is um uh, sort of a slower you play seven uh discard spells, you're playing cabal rituals, and you try to uh you try to storm them in one turn. But with Teferi and set makes makes that a bit worse. So uh the format's definitely been shaken up. But then again, there's no number one, there's no best deck, there's no countertop miracles or uh Recently, Probe and Deathrite got banned uh, like a year ago. So Legacy's definitely shaken up. Uh, I may just go back to playing Miracles since I'm pretty confident, pretty comfortable in the deck. Uh, I think it's well positioned. But uh, Stoneblade won the last GP Legacy GP, so Stoneforge Mystics are on the rise too. Uh, We'll have to see.
4: Sorry, let me just uh, interrupt here. Um, so the, the team that I won uh, last, uh, SCG Las Vegas with, they like, obviously had uh, Cyrus Gill um, playing Storm here. Uh, he's very well known in the ad community, and lately like, he, he is pure gasoline. He's like one of the yeah. nicest guys I know, but um, he's been kind of lamenting the fact that Narset and Teferi got printed, and he's repeatedly told me and not playable anymore there's too many Chalice decks because of the Karn the Great Creator, there's too many Miracles decks because of Narset, and he's just being off, like, I'm very discouraged by uh, um, Ant, so to speak, and that's his baby, so I, I don't know, like, as someone who as someone who also plays Ant, and like, I, I bought into Storm Legacy because of Brian Cook's uh, website, the uh, theepicstorm.com, and I picked up Ant because of Cyrus. I'm a bit discouraged too. Narset, like these, like, Three mana planeswalkers have had warping effects in all formats. Like, when's the last time you can say that? Like, standard, modern, legacy, even vintage. So, it's the changes are real, I think. And yeah, people, it's crazy. people who are going, sorry, I, I was going to say, like, people who are going to be rewarded in this, like, first, like, four weeks of new, the new format, like, it's going to be the people you know, know and people who test hard and people who can, like, reveal what the actual tier one decks are. And I think that prior knowledge is and prior, like, Notions
1: are going to be invalidated very fast. Uh, like you mentioned before, I forgot even about Karn. Karn Lattice now. Karn and Microsynth Lattice. That, that's been, like, shaken up modern. Uh, Tron and Amulet are, are becoming Karn Lattice decks. Even in Legacy, uh, all the Eldrazi decks, the Sompi decks, are, there's even a mono-white Bomberman deck that uh, you can... The, that deck has, like, five different combos uh, involving Karn Lattice. So. Uh, I totally get what you're saying. Uh, I also love Storm. Uh, it's just just the kind of deck that if you're someone who likes to have all the fun, it is definitely one of those kind of decks. Uh, even even in vintage, uh, I remember Cyrus posted a list where you're basically you're playing Narset and you're just trying to play a bunch of wheel effects, Wheel of Fortune. Um, there's there's Time Twister. There's Windfall, uh, and you just want to. You know, draw seven cards and have your opponent draw one. Like, uh, I think these format, uh, these planeswalkers, to Fairy Narset, may have been a may have been a mistake to the point where uh, the formats were already getting the point where they're so powerful that they wanted to try to fix it by making, uh, I guess, blue better. Where when blue kind of didn't need to get better, uh, blue I control modern. Like people wanted Stoneforge, but. Wizards is like blue whites doing fine, like it's stop eating all these GPs. We don't need stone forts. But then War of the Spark just comes in and, and kind of blow things up. So we'll we'll definitely have to see how the format shakes up.
2: Right, Matt. I think absolute pleasure to have you
0: on. I think we're gonna have you on again at some point in the future. Anyone you wanna plug? Anyone you
2: wanna shout out?
1: Uh I guess, shout out to everyone that helped me with the Bat Nexus deck. Uh, Gabriel Laporte, David Schneier, Davies Clark, uh, all those guys. Uh, also, my Ottawa crew, Davies Clark, uh, Stephen McGrath, and Karim Badgerden, Sammy, uh, really? Sammy T, Sammy <laughs> T. Oh, yeah. The, the Montreal Sammy T. we got to make that happen. At one tournament, we're going to have Karim and Sammy T. They have to meet. Uh, Karim was saying how... Uh, there's, there's some pros that go up to him and say, hey, Sammy T, how, how are you doing? He's like, I'm not Sammy T. Like, oh, shit, right. I'm oh, sorry. Um, so yeah, awesome guys. Uh, even the Legacy community in Montreal, face to face has uh, does Tuesday Legacy. I would have been playing tonight. I actually went there, pick up some cards for uh, a little Neo brand this weekend. Uh, if you're in Montreal and want to check out Legacy, that's a really fun, fun time. And, uh, yeah, just shout-outs to all the, all the Magic players out there, Keep keeping the game going. All right. I will let you see you. I might drop by. Shout-out a- to Park you Park. for having me on the podcast, too. You're, you're great. <laughs> keep, up, keep up all the Canadian uh, – keep up all the work. Even your, your podcast with Al- new podcast with Alex Hain, Table for Two, that's a, that's a sick podcast. This one's amazing. Uh, keep, keep it up. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Matt. And uh good luck. Good luck at the MC.
0: And um, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon. And uh we might drop by at the open plus. So thank thank you so much
2: for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me. This was uh this was definitely fun. All
2: right. That was Matt Stein, who just won the
0: Ottawa MCQ with back nexus. Just want to get get to my man. Get to my man. So much content. But well, let's get to my man Andy, who who sounds like he has an MCQ. He's Just saw my Facebook feed. He's asking for cards, and it looks like he's asking for soul Tide Dreadhorde cards. But uh, And you had mentioned you're on that now. One of the key questions was, for me, to you, Andy, strategy question, with so many mirrors that happened for me in the past MCQ, how are you approaching uh, the mirror or pseudo-mirror, because you might be facing four or even five-color Dreadhorde? What's your approach?
3: Uh, I think one of the most important things is like to manage your Tamiyo well and, and make sure you don't just dump a bunch of creatures in the graveyard for them to get like <laughs> you could play Tamio and minus to just grab like your wild growth walker, like never trump wild growth walkers away. Like it's, it's so weird because you get in such bizarre uh, situations and uh, because you're like, Oh, I don't want to kill these creatures and I had someone ask me on Moto. They're like, I, "How did I lose this game? I don't know what to do." And I was like, "Well, just cast Dreadhorde every single turn of the game. Always attack because if they block, you just get you can get the creatures back." And what they were doing is they're like, "I'll play defense and I'll uh, I'll I'll chump block his creatures. I'll block his creatures." I mean, that doesn't work in the mirror because you because then I'll just Dreadhorde your creatures and my creatures. So, like you. You need to maybe try and be aggressive, really aggressive in spots if you can afford it. Uh, Nyssa is very good in the mirror because it pressures a lot and it gives an enormous mana advantage. And uh, while I think, I'm not sure if Saltai is particularly favored in the mirror, and actually the list I'm currently playing only plays two Command the Dreadhorde. It's mostly oh! a Saltai mid-range deck. It's uh, Sebastian Pozo's list from the Mystic Qualifier. Okay, and I think uh, while I may be like a slightly bigger dog in the mirror, I think uh, the version I'm playing is better against most other things. And like a big up to this is like this list. So the Assault Eye list get to play four Lanowarls and Paradise Druid, so sometimes you can be faster, and that matters a lot. Like the killing the Manadorks is like one of the number one priorities. If like both of you have a dread horde, whoever gets to do it first will win. So that's another thing to watch out for. But uh, I'm not sure. The mirror is a tough one. It's, uh, it always plays out really funny, and I think you just have to like be very careful that you're not blowing it.
0: So, so my, I wanted to ask you, like, if, if you are pretty fluid right now, unsure of how exactly what you sideboard out. Because for, for my experience, I, I'm trying different things. Uh, And like you said, some matchups play weird. Some matchup plays like where it's they have one person has a really aggressive explore draw and the other one has a slow draw and they just get smashed. And uh, they might just be holding like Elder Spells or or other slower cards in their hand and you just smash them with big explore dudes. Sometimes it's it's a longer game than that where it's like the first person to sort of like. Uh, cast command. So what what are you taking out? And, and what do you think are, like, you absolutely take out and what do you absolutely bring in?
3: So I actually sideboard out uh, a couple Wild Growth Walkers all the time because, uh, so first of all, they might get killed or binned for them. And the games don't come down to, like, Wild Growth Walkering each other that much until, like, the end. So you just want to have a couple in your deck to possibly bring back. And I usually board out, uh, if I'm playing salt Eye, I'll board out uh, Hydroid Crisis because uh, sometimes you don't want to draw multiples like you do sometimes, but, like, sometimes it's too clunky. And uh, I board in discard spells. If I have any, like, uh, Disdainful Strokes, they obviously come in. And uh, some lists play Narset's Reversal for the Mirror, and, but I don't know how the Mirror ever beats that because it <laughs> just counter theirs and make your own, right? And uh so yeah, I board out like a couple branch walkers, a couple uh, uh wild growth walkers, and uh that is about it. And then board in uh, the duress and disdainful stroke and also just have like uh an elder spell or two in
2: my deck. Have you have you ever shaved any of the uh, I'm just asking out of curiosity, do you shave any of the dorks ever? Do you feel tempted?
3: It depends. If I'm on the play, I like, I could shave a dork because I don't want to draw too many of them. And I'm already on the play, so it's like I already have a free mana dork. And,
2: uh, <laughs> I never thought of it like that!
3: <laughs> and uh, if I'm on the draw, I uh, so- sometimes it depends. Like Sometimes you just want more duress from that kind of situation because that can catch you back up. And uh, you might not want to draw the mana dorks because you're going to try and keep things in check with the rest. So like you can board them out but uh the best openings are just so good with them and like turn 3 Tamio and is on the play is like pretty hard to beat almost unbeatable turn 3 Nessa if you play two mana dorks that's basically unbeatable so like you have to keep in mind that while the mana mana creatures have diminishing returns in the late game because you're planeswalker focused and you have the you have a bunch of Hydroid crisis you can actually get that value back pretty fast by playing a planeswalker turn earlier Or maybe uh, getting an extra card off of Hydroid Crisis. So I think you probably want to keep most of your mana dorks. Okay.
0: So I ended up getting... uh, Well, I didn't even really mention why I got smashed this past weekend. So I got smashed because I played Blue, Red, Phoenix twice, which I think is a really hard matchup, um, just because I'm just sitting there. I just, like, I can't kill these things. And, um, yeah, I... A- Am I wrong, Andy? That's
2: a that bad matchup. Like,
3: it it really depends on how you play the matchup. It's like <laughs> one of the one of the most important things is like navigating the games well. Because like, so you will, you'll always play your your creep, mana creatures out and let them die if they get killed or whatever. But a lot of it comes down to uh, timing your wild growth walker as well, because they actually have a hard time beating a good wild growth walker draw. So like. If you have something else to do that doesn't waste all your Explore creatures, it's definitely worth considering just holding it till turn 5 so you can go like that plus Jade Light. Because I think that... So like Wild Growth Walker, Jade Light is just very hard for them to beat. That's 6 life, 2 big threats, usually depending on how the Jade Light hits. And, so, and it's a 3-5, which is not killable in the main deck for most of these outside of double removal spell. And sometimes they're a little clunky, but uh, just try and yeah, just try and manage the game, and, and remember that you do have to kill them because uh, their flyers do have inevitability in a sort of way. But uh, Nissa is really hard for them to beat too if you can land it early. Like three threes that produce mana, and like your mana gets doubled, gives you this huge advantage. Hydra crisis is hard for them to beat. You play a five-five crisis. Shock, play a shock land to, to make your crisis a five-five if you have to. Because uh, five, once again, is like the magic number against those decks. And uh, so the list I'm currently playing also has two hostage takers, which is one of the best things in the matchup. If you can wait till turn eight, it's, uh, it's best to do it that way. But a lot of the time, your stuff's getting killed in the meantime anyway. So hostage taker survives, actually, a lot more often than you think it would.
0: So I'm, I'm, I'm buying into a hostage taker probably needing to be in the deck because... Often, like you're, you're left with, you just want one, something that just maybe stymies them for a bit, and you need something that can actually kill or get, remove a crackling drake or, or, um, or a phoenix. And the normal, like the Jerry T version that I played, I'm just sitting there with like a raska and I can't do anything. And,
3: uh, yeah, there's only one raska in this list, and there's two trophies in the main deck. And honestly, it's a, it's a salty mid range deck that leverages tamio and command the Dreadhorde as like a late game plan tamio is actually just a ridiculous card like tamio minus get something is like good enough it's not great but it's good enough but like when you get to just plus it and if you hit when you plus it's just out of this world how powerful <laughs> that card is and because you have two engines in the deck you have high, you have a Hydrocrisis crisis and command the Dreadhorde. horde uh tamio plus is just so valuable so I think, uh, and I think that makes the, the matchup okay. Some people, th- excuse me. Some people think it's like really favored either way. Like I would rather probably be on the Is side just because your Flyers are so good. But uh, like sometimes they don't draw Arclay Phoenix. or so like sometimes they have like a weird draw. They don't play a lot of lands. They'll have to play cantrips just to hit their land drops. Like Is it Phoenix is flawed right? That's why it doesn't just dominate. It's a very powerful deck that has like, it can have the awkward draws, it can not have Arclight Phoenix. There's just a couple, there's things that can go wrong, and I think uh, you just have to try and capitalize on those and get value out of your, your cards the best you can and just know what's in their deck so you can make it awkward.
4: If I, if I can just interject here, whose bright idea was it to give TAMU, like, infinite loyalty to start? like Six. So six hard. loyalty. That's unbelievably hard it to It does not on. die. No, it doesn't, and she's gonna get you, like, multiple, like, instances of value for sure. I think it's like, super powerful. People fucked on it.
3: It's also a sick combo with the explore creatures, right? You just, like, see what's on top and then you plus. Yeah, guaranteed hit. Yeah, I love it.
2: I love playing with it, and like you said, some, sometimes a minus, or even just like
3: I, I just felt really good. Just duress minus duress, and holy crap, is that good post board <laughs> against some decks? Yeah, you're just duress minus duress, and then next turn you're duress minus duress. Just, and they're just, they have no hand, and also you can't get duressed, which is pretty pretty key. I love. I have so many people like play cards that make me sacrifice, and it just doesn't work. They're so, like Plague crafter. I'm like. Good. Doesn't do anything. But like, were Reborn, I'm like, doesn't do anything. <laughs> Not going to be happy about the second chapter, either. What,
4: what, do you got, what do you guys think about the Star City Classic winner, which is titled Five-Card Horde, notably for Tristani and Miklo
3: Bolas Dragon God? Alright, so you have the deck list up, right, John? I do. Let's have a thought experiment. Count the white sources for me. Count them. One Gaullus Shrine, four Beacon, one Chapel... No, no, Beacon does not cast Tristani, John. Oh,
4: that's true. Uh, let's see. Uh, one, one Shrine, on. one Chapel, two Temple Gardens. Is that literally four lands? Holy
3: shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that deck's bad. That deck is very bad. Like, we're not even going to start about the
2: red for, uh, for a Necropodless. Yeah,
3: it, it plays, like, what, two red lands?
4: Yeah,
3: I mean, Beacons uh, Beacon casts them, but still, yeah, yeah. one Beacon, and one Beacon crab. does a lot, but it's not that much better than Teferi or Ugin. It's not. It's incredible the lengths they go through to ruin their deck. The Tristani is like, I've actually been trying to really hard to build a deck that can like play white cards, because I think like a white plan of like Othakaya and uh, Shalai would be really good in the deck. But uh, you just can't make the mana work to cast it all. And I think Saltai, if you're going to try and play like a less Dreadhorde game and more fair game, I think you just got to go Saltai because Nissa kills fast and uh, the double mana is just, it's ridiculous.
4: How, um, how, often, like, do, do, how often can you guys cast to, Baby to in a timely manner with just the Paradise and the uh, Beacons?
3: Well, I'll be honest. It it does happen quite a bit. All you need, to, if you draw one beacon, it's it's it right. You're in. So, like, yeah. Sometimes you get mana screwed for sure in the deck, but uh, the the deck really struggles to cast its double black spells out of the sideboard, so it loses the the utility there. And sometimes it struggles to have triple green for Wild Growth Walker plus Jade Light, which comes up for the way I play the deck all the time. And uh. Yeah, the deck definitely has mana problems. It can cast all its cards in a normal game of Magic, but you might not get to cast them like at the time you want to. You just cast what you can cast
2: at the time. Yeah, I, I don't think I I have the same experience as Andy. Um, and and the same opinion on the five color Jund deck. I
0: don't I don't think. I don't think Nickel is that much better than Teferi. Than
3: so. Tristani, sweet tech for the mirror. Yeah. It's like a good body, but uh, you cannot cast this card. Don't put Uncastables in your deck. <laughs>
2: um, all right. We're, we're at the tail end of the show. John, I, I got to go to you because uh,
0: your brain's always popping for some modern. And uh, the winner of the Calgary Open... Turned out um, to be a mirror. Well, it ended up being a battle between two blue-white mirrors. Corey Crowfoot ended up winning it. There was, I think, a third copy of blue-white control. And you had mentioned to me that it took down the online MCQ. So Narset, Teferi making its impact felt in a big way. and, And Matt, and you just sort of discussed how it invalidated a lot of strategies, not only in modern, but in legacy so and then you told me blue white might be might just be tier
4: one right now so what, what should be people looking at if they have a modern tournament coming up on a small rant here like you know re- what really grinds my gears like if you go on reddit the reddit hive mind's always complaining about how blue is not playable in modern and that simply has not been true for the last like one or two years like between the printing of search for us canta field of ruin like They can actually outgrind Tron now. It's a real thing, whereas before, they just hold And then the Jason you know, adjacent Mindsculptor and Teferi, like, Blue-White has been a real deck for a better part, part of a year and a half. And now, with Teferi, Narset, uh, Dobin's Veto, which gives a lot of game against that spell-based combo that they've traditionally been weak against, and now Force of Negation, like, I have no doubt. Blue-White is tier one right now. People might adjust to it. That's fine, but if you are going to be in a serious uh, tournament in the next month or so, like you cannot go without either playing the deck or have a solid plan uh, against the deck. Like it's, it just covers so many angles. powers are like patently like uh, powerful and Teferi and Narset just like skewers a lot of the decks like randomly. Like if I'm playing Grishel Brand, like how am I supposed to be a Nurse? Like I can't. I'm pretty sure that matchup's not, not good anymore because they have veto, so our pack negations don't do anything. They have uh, Teferi, so we can't combo on their end step and try to overload them. And Narset, we can't even like, draw like, seven cards with Gristlebrand instead. So I think Blue-White is definitely a tier one, and it might
2: be the, the go-to choice for a lot of pros right now. I'm still, I'm still looking at these lists, and they all play a ton of one-ofs.
4: Um... Like, pretty sweet, <laughs> to be well, honest. That's, that's a benefit of pl- running, like, Narset, right? Like, Narset lets you run these, like, one or two odds because you can find them as needed, right? Like, like, a path is not good against, like, Ad Nauseam, but you can just, like, Narset, uh, past it and find your Dolvin's Veto or a Mana Leak or whatnot. That's the beauty of these cards. Like, not only is the passive oppressive, but obviously there's the mini dig-through times, times two, that'll just let you find whatever. Like, it's super powerful.
0: Yeah. Like, like, the winner like, like it's playing one Ouse, one Wrath of God, one Logic Knot, one Spell Sneer, one hieroglyphic Illumination, one Surgical Extraction, um, one Detention Sphere, wh- one Blast Zone. So, like, you get, you get to make your deck a bunch of one ups and uh, the person in second place basically had the same type of setup. Um, man. Narset is making its big impact. So, wh-
4: where would you start? if you had a tournament soon. So uh, I have a few thoughts here. One, uh, regarding near foreign, people have asked me because they think it's my type of deck, but I'm not motivated to work on it whatsoever for two reasons. One, I, I tested it, obviously. I don't <laughs> think it's viable, even though Matsugun on uh, Magical Online proved it wrong almost by winning the MCQ. I don't think it's viable with the current Mulligan rule. And two, with the London Morgan rule, I think it's ban-worthy. So, between those two extremes, I, don't, I have no motivations to work on it. Uh, two, um, I have the, uh, this Modern Horizons coming up, and there's a lot of cool cards. And I think that's going to ch- uh, change the uh, terms of engagement for Modern, like, period. And I have uh, Grand Prix Seattle, which I will be playing as, like, an odd MCQ weekend, and that includes Modern. Like, my starting point is going to be Either go way over the top of people as they're trying to do their cool and the Great Creator thing or Narsa thing or go way under. So I'm looking at Labadart, uh, Monora Phoenix. I'm looking at Storm, which should still have a good matchup against the top decks because the top decks are Blue White, Tron, uh, Dredge, Humans is a lot closer than people think. And I'm looking at Infect. Like if you want to outlinear the linears, Infect is a great way to go. And you have permission. Reman is very good right now, I think. So, um, as I'm preparing for GP Seattle's uh, modern MTQ, process. what
0: well, what about people who just want your your insight, even though you haven't been grinding? Uh, if they have a tournament this weekend, like the Montreal, like at the Face Face Games dot com, as I'm plugging this Montreal Open Plus, should they just play blue white control?
4: Well, I think Amulet is uniquely positioned right now because Amulet, I think, has a pretty good game has a pretty good game against like Karn. Uh, blue-white, like, I think the uh, metagame is uh, very fair right now. And I want to go like, to either side of the spectrum. Go over the fairness or go under the fairness. So I think like Balakip or like Amulet's pretty good. Those, those are big mana decks that can still beat other big mana decks. On, for example. So I would start there. Um, I think Humans is fine. Humans has been uh, seeing a lot of play. Um, but I think it's just another solid deck. So if I if I were playing this weekend, like I go big mana, or I would I would just net the blue white because I think blue white level is just like through the roof right now, or dredge. Like I think last weekend was clearly the uh, the time to play dredge because like on the MT, uh, Magic Online PTQ, uh, there, we have eight out of thirty two decks in the top thirty two as uh, dredge. So you know how modern it's all about the hate cycle. Is it artifact this uh, week? Is it like sweepers this week? Is it I think, in paper, it's still a good time. So if anyone's playing, like, the face-to-face uh, Open Plus in Montreal, for example, uh, in summary, like, I would consider Dredge. I would consider a big mana like Valkit, an amulet. And you think you
2: go wrong with blue-white, I think it's powerful. All right, uh, Andy, I don't know if you have any modern thoughts. <laughs> I think your mind's on standard.
0: I would play.
3: Right? Is it Phoenix? And I'd probably not play the four Pyromancer Ascension version because my brain is not big enough to get it. I'd rather just play the normal version. And uh, yeah, I would just play Is it Phoenix? I think the deck's still good. And uh, maybe it gets better with Lava Dart. I don't know. Lava Dart's a pretty dang cool card. And uh, I think uh, Narset is Narset's unreal. When Narset is good, it's, like, it's busted and it costs three. Costs three mana, draws you like two of your best top eight <laughs> cards or whatever, and then has a static ability, so you still have to kill it. It's obnoxious. You still have to kill it. You still have to kill it. It's already done. It's done, and you still have to kill it. <laughs> All right. Uh, any, any, anything else, uh, Andy, that you want to say? Um, I don't know. Hopefully I'll see some, uh, some listeners at the Kitchener MCQ. I think it'll be a good time. Uh, my first PTQ in a long time, like, uh, I guess, I guess, no, I played a bunch of GPs, but like, it's like first old style PTQ in a long time. And it's kind of interesting. Maybe I'll see, see some familiar faces and uh, I don't know. It's cool. It's cool to be back on that kind of a grind. So I don't feel the pressure of having to go out every weekend. I just book like these two weekends off and call today. a day like no more did you quit car <laughs> oh, we, yeah. we didn't see each other for six months or whatever and both thought each other quit the game <laughs> where we, have you been where were you it's where, where like... are you car i don't know i think it's for i'm pretty excited to play uh i think i fare well at paper magic tournaments uh just i love to play them i love it so much and i i can't wait to play honestly i'm really excited i'm stressing over my deck choice which is my biggest flaw i think is i have like a toxic deck selection anxiety seriously i do and i i'm currently on a deck but we'll see how long that lasts i have one oh and oh one dropped i think about six leagues today
4: what about you john anything else no, um, I'm sad that I, I'm pretty confident I have the best deck and close to the optimal list in standard for the first three weeks. Of course, on, my, uh, on the week of my local PTQ hosted by Magic Stronghold, one of the biggest shops in Vancouver, uh, this week, it probably changed. And I'm really reluctant to play red. I'm going to keep testing uh, mass manipulation slash Nexus or whatever, just like standard Tron. I'm hoping I can make it work and play it because I don't think Red is in a great spot right now, but uh, we'll see. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, good luck to everyone playing uh, this weekend. And uh, if you're a and you're do your own Vancouver, yeah, PTQ, yeah, come say hi.
2: All
0: right. That's, that's Andy and John, and both with some high imp- important tournaments this weekend. Hopefully they both take it down. And uh, thank you for listening. Give us a thumbs up. Subscribe to the show on YouTube or subscribe on your favorite podcast app whether it be on iOS or Android. And uh, we will see you next week with uh, these guys' tournament reports. So, ciao for now.